0: Chapter 11, Part 1 of Bellamy, or The History of a Scoundrel. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Martin Geeson. Bellamy, or The History of a Scoundrel, by Guy de Maupassant. Translator Unknown. Chapter 11 Madame Walter takes a hand. Part One. On entering the office the following day, Duroy sought Bois-Renard and told him to warn his associates not to continue the farce of calling him Forestier, or there would be war. When Duroy returned an hour later. No one called him by that name. From the office he proceeded to his home, and hearing the sound of ladies' voices in the drawing-room, he asked the servant, who is here? Madame Walter and Madame de Marelle, was the reply. His heart pulsated violently as he opened the door clotilde was seated by the fireplace it seemed to georges that she turned pale on perceiving him having greeted Madame walter and her two daughters seated like sentinels beside her he turned to his former mistress she extended her hand he took and pressed it as if to say I love you still. She returned the pressure. He said, Have you been well since we last met? Yes, have you, Bellamy?" And turning to Madeleine, she added, Will you permit me to call him Bellamy?" Certainly, my dear, I will permit you anything you wish. A shade of irony lurked beneath those words uttered so pleasantly. Madame Walter mentioned a fencing match to be given at Jacques Rival's apartments, the proceeds to be devoted to charities, and in which many society ladies were going to assist. She said It will be very entertaining, but I am in despair, for we have no one to escort us, my husband having an engagement. Duroy offered his services at once. She accepted, saying, My daughters and I shall be very grateful. He glanced at the younger of the two girls, and thought, little suzanne is not at all bad not at all she resembled a doll being very small and dainty with a well-proportioned form a pretty delicate face blue-grey eyes a fair skin and curly flaxen hair her elder sister rose was plain one of those girls to whom no attention is ever paid her mother rose and turning to georges said i shall count on you next thursday at two o'clock he replied count upon me madame when the door closed upon mme Madame de Marelle, in her turn, rose. Au revoir, belle mie. This time she pressed his hand, and he was moved by that silent avowal. I will go to see her tomorrow, thought he. Left alone with his wife, she laughed, and looking into his eyes, said, Madame Walter has taken a fancy to you. He replied incredulously, Nonsense! But I know it, she spoke of you to me with great enthusiasm. She said she would like to find two husbands like you for her daughters. Fortunately, she is not susceptible herself. He did not understand her, and repeated, Susceptible herself. "'She replied in a tone of conviction. "'Oh, Madame Walter is irreproachable. "'Her husband you know as well as I, "'but she is different. "'Still she has suffered a great deal "'in having married a Jew. "'Though she has been true to him, "'she is a virtuous woman.' Duroy was surprised. "'I thought her a Jewess.' she a jewess no indeed she is the prime mover in all the charitable movements at the madeleine she was even married by a priest i am not sure but that m walter went through the form of baptism georges murmured and she likes me yes if you were not married i should advise you to ask for the hand of suzanne would you not prefer her to rose he replied as he twisted his moustache the mother is not so bad madeleine replied i am not afraid of her at her age one does not begin to make conquests one should commence sooner Georges thought If I might have had Suzanne Ah oh. then he shrugged his shoulders. Pah it is absurd her father would not have consented. He determined to treat Madame Walter very considerately, in order to retain her regard all that evening he was haunted by recollections of his love for clotilde he recalled their escapades her kindness he repeated to himself she is indeed nice yes i shall call upon her to-morrow when he had lunched the following morning he repaired to rue verneuil the same maid opened the door and with the familiarity of an old servant she asked is monsieur well he replied yes my child and entered the drawing-room in which some one was practising scales it was lorine he expected she would fall upon his neck she however rose ceremoniously bowed coldly, and left the room with dignity. Her manner was so much like that of an outraged woman that he was amazed. Her mother entered. He kissed her hand. "'How much I have thought of you!' said he. "'And I of you!' she replied. They seated themselves, and smiled as they gazed into one another's eyes. My dear little Clo, I love you. And I love you. Still, still, you did not miss me. Yes and no, I was grieved, but when I heard your reason, I said to myself, bah, he will return to me some day. I dared not come, I did not know how I should be received. I dared not, but I longed to come. Now, tell me what ails Lorine. She scarcely bade me good morning, and left the room with an angry air. I do not know, but one cannot mention you to her since your marriage i really believe she is jealous nonsense yes my dear she no longer calls you bel ami but monsieur forestier instead duroy coloured then drawing nearer the young woman he said kiss me she obeyed him where can we meet again he asked At Rue de Constantinople. Ah, are the apartments not rented? No, I kept them. You did? Yes, I thought you would return. His heart bounded joyfully. She loved him then with a lasting love. He whispered, I adore you. Then he asked, is your husband well yes very well he has just been home for a month he went away the day before yesterday duroy could not suppress a smile how opportunely that always happens she replied naively yes it happens opportunely but he is not in the way when he is here is he that is true he is a charming man how do you like your new life tolerably my wife is a comrade an associate nothing more as for my heart i understand but she is good yes she does not trouble me he drew near clotilde and murmured when shall we meet again "'Tomorrow, if you will?' "'Yes, tomorrow, at two o'clock.' He rose to take his leave, somewhat embarrassed. "'You know I intend to take back the rooms on Rue de Constantinople myself. I wish to. It is not necessary for you to pay for them.' She kissed his hand, saying, "'You may do as you like.' i am satisfied to have kept them until we met again and duroy took his leave very well satisfied when thursday came he asked madeleine are you going to the fencing match at rival's no i do not care about it i will go to the chamber of deputies georges called for madame walter in an open carriage for the weather was delightful he was surprised to find her looking so handsome and so young never had she appeared so fresh her daughter suzanne was dressed in pink her sister looked like her governess at rival's door was a long line of carriages Duroy offered his arm to Madame Walter, and they entered. The entertainment was for the benefit of the orphans of the sixth ward, under the patronage of all the wives of the senators and deputies who were connected with La Vie Française. Jacques Rival received the arrivals at the entrance to his apartments. Then he pointed to a small staircase, which led to the cellar, in which were his shooting gallery and fencing room, saying, Downstairs, ladies, downstairs. The match will take place in the subterranean apartments. Pressing Duroy's hand, he said, Good evening, bel ami. Duroy was surprised who told you about that name rival replied madame walter who thinks it is very pretty madame walter blushed yes i confess that if i knew you better i should do as little lorine and i should call you belle amie too it suits you admirably Duroy laughed I beg you to do so, madame. She cast down her eyes. No, we are not well enough acquainted. He murmured, Permit me to hope that we shall become so. Well, we shall see, said she. End of chapter 11, part 1